Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. I want you to turn up the volume on that when you listen back. (laughs) I don't want to see you do that ever again. (laughs) I'll do it right now. It's my New Year's resolution. So what? More tongue in my life. Okay, that's 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 nice. Me too, actually. Right? Who doesn't want more tongue? In all the ways. More taste, more food taste on my tongue. Yeah, exactly. Words falling off my tongue. More other things with my tongue. I always thought it was so funny how people would be like, oh, if you're really quiet, they'd they'd be like, where's your, (laughs) what's that expression? Cat caught your tongue? Cat's got your tongue, yeah. Is that if someone's being quiet or if you're fumbling or something? Cat's got your tongue. Is that the phrase? Hold on, I just need to check. Yeah, cat's got your tongue. An expression that is used when someone is quiet and isn't talking or responding when you expect them to. And then it says, note. It isn't clear exactly where this idiom originated, but it's obvious that it would be difficult to speak if a cat did get your tongue. And you know, that's, that's true. They're not wrong about that. That note was very important to the definition of the idiom, if you ask me. Do cats go out here, like, taking people's tongues? Listen, Olivia is over here, like, in the dead of night, trying to just snatch my tongue out of my mouth. And I'm like, whack! She's trying to make out with you. Yeah, that or she's just evil. I can't tell with her. You and Olivia are like, you know, the Cinderella stepsister. I mean, no, the stepmom in Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> and the cat. There's that evil cat. That's like you and Olivia. What? Are you talking about Cinderella story? No. <laughs> like the OG animated Cinderella where there's like a, there's a scene I'm thinking of where this evil stepmom is like petting her evil cat like this. <gasps> Lucifer. Olivia's Lucifer and I'm the evil stepmom? Yeah. And I'm Cinderella. <laughs> Just looking for your lost slipper. Yeah. And I make your life a living hell. Yeah, you make me clean the house, scrub the floors. You don't let I me go to the, did. Da- the ball I, down. Or the ball. I thought you were, <laughs> were going to say, you don't let me go to the bathroom. When we lived together, I did make you mop the floors and clean the house. That's true. We never mopped, really. Yeah, guys, we we lived together for seven years. We didn't mop the floors once. Once. I did at Montrose literally twice. When? Girl, when were you mopping? I didn't know about these mops. Camille and I one time had like, because we were just like, the house looks really dirty. So there was just a moment. There was one day. I think it was like a random Saturday in the day. We just went ham, like mopping, scrubbing. (sighs) 
It only oh. happened twice. We we're like, let's do it like once a month. And that never happened. Guys, in the new year, we're going to be mopping. We're going to be cleaning. We're going to be tidy, minimal up in here. We are going to be organized. Organized to the max. Oh, <laughs> I like that little addition. Purse. Sarah. Happy New Year. Oh my God, Happy New Year. We are officially <laughs> in 2022. That's right. By the time this episode comes out, it will be 2022. But we are currently recording this episode in 2021. And that, my friends, is what I call time travel. It's true. We haven't kissed at midnight yet. We haven't celebrated yet. New Year's yet. So we are just, we're living in the future. We're predicting yeah. what's going to happen in the future, essentially. For anyone who is just tuning in to this podcast for the first time, I don't know, maybe New Year, I feel like people are like, I'm going to listen to more podcasts, and then they search for podcasts they might like. If you just stumbled upon us, I don't know. If you're new here, hi. We just felt like because it was a f new year, it might be nice to do a cute little fresh intro for any new listeners in case you're like, who are these people and what the hell are they talking about? And why are they um, talking about not mopping their floors? They're disgusting, so we're going to sign off. No, we're gross. Like, we're, we're truly disgusting. Guys, my name's Sarah. What's your name? <laughs> my name's Persis. Sarah, who are you? I am just a girl trying to live her goddamn life. I am 27. I almost forgot how old I was. I really stuttered. I'm 27. I live in Vancouver. I'm a writer. I am straight. I am white. I am cis. And... I am the best friend of Persis, who is the center of my universe. And who are you, Persis? I'm also a girl just trying to get through this crazy thing we call life. I'm stumbling right. through it most of the time. Me too. I'm 26, so I'm much younger than Sarah. <laughs> much, much. <laughs> I am an Indian-Canadian gay woman, and I'm a social strategist. And on the side, I love podcasting with the most important person in my life, who is Sarah. Um, That's correct. I, what else? I love music. I'm very into music. I feel like most of the time I'm listening to Spotify on repeat and it's usually just like random playlists. Yeah. You're obsessed with music. I'm obsessed with movies, I feel. Those are our two like pop culture obsessions. Yes. Yes, that is true. Did I miss it? Did you say you were gay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a second. I was like, did I black out? And I, I actually did black out and you said it. I just wanted to point it out because that's what this podcast is about. Every week we talk about queerness, sexuality, gender. Yep. From Persis's perspective as a fabulous gay woman. And from my perspective as a straight woman. And we have a really good time. And we started this podcast last March. So it's been almost a year. And we have formed this amazing little community of listeners from around the world. We've had a ton of amazing people come on and talk with us. And we've also had a ton of listeners send in their stories and just be vulnerable and share little pieces of themselves for the world. Um, and it's been a really fantastic ride. And we're super excited to keep doing it this year because it's really fun. It's so fun. We do this every single week. We have the best time. And my most like favorite thing about this podcast is the listeners Me and too. connecting with them. And for any of you who are new here, we talk about basically like any anything. The, the topics are endless. Sometimes we don't even 
we don't even anticipate what we're going to end up talking about, but we realize like how important these conversations are to have in such an open way. And Sarah and I want to help facilitate that and make it very, you know, make it very clear that we should be talking openly about sexuality and sex and different LGBT icons who like definitely need a light. I'm trying to find the word. Like they need they need a they, light shone on them. Yeah, shone on them. That's what I was trying to say. And every little bit helps, even if it's just our little podcast. But yes, we think these conversations are just very important to have, and especially between straight and queer people. And we really wanted to put something out there into the world that was just allowing anyone, no matter how they identify, to feel safe to ask questions, to engage, to learn, to educate themselves, and to actually enjoy being part of these conversations and to not be scared of them, whether they're straight or anywhere in the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. And we're really passionate about this. And if you are a new listener or if you've been listening to us forever, whatever, either way, if you have like a really great topic that you want us to discuss or you want to share your story. Maybe you've been listening since day one and you've been like secretly kind of thinking you should share your story, but you're too scared. It's 2022. And in 2022, we're not scared. We are fearless. And we are sharing our story with the world because it matters so much. So if you want to, or if you want to say hi, ask for advice. Persis gives great advice. So does Sarah. I mean, not so much. No, Reach you Reach out to us. <laughs> My advice is... It's okay. It's subpar. I feel like when someone reaches out with specifically like queer advice, obviously your advice is much more topical. Should probably like, come I'm from guessing. the queer, the queer perspective. I I think that makes sense, right? I'm truly just throwing shots in the dark with the knowledge I have, which is a lot of knowledge. I do have a queer podcast. Yeah, you're the queer. Uh, what did we call you? Queer savior. <laughs> savior. Queer savior. It's a joke. It's a joke, guys. But yeah, if you want to reach out and chat with us you can find us on instagram at girl x girl podcast or you can shoot us an email girl x girl podcast at gmail.com and yeah we really want to meet you and talk to you and hear from you so come on down baby come on down to this safe little safe little space it's our little haven safe haven remember that movie I watched it. Oh my God. I watched Safe Haven when I was recovering from my second dose of the COVID vaccine. Mm, that's a good recovery movie. Julianne Huff. Should she have been a movie star? Today's topic, I'm switching the topic to Julianne Huff instead of this this other topic we wanted to do. Was she supposed to be a movie star and, you know, it didn't happen? What do you think? I thought she was great in that movie. She was excellent. Like, I actually thought she did such a good job. Okay, forgive me if I'm wrong. Is she mainly just known to be a dancer? Because she's also been a judge and stuff on reality TV, right? Yes, she's known as a dancer. Okay. Um, She shouldn't be in more (laughs) movies because she's a good actor. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay, Persis on the debate team. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of things that that we love, we we have a great topic today. Yes, we do. And Sarah, I'm, I'm curious to see how you want to intro this because it's things we love. <laughs> I mean, we do. We love, you know what we love, Purse? We love sex positivity. Yes, that's true. Th- that's what we love. We love gay sex. Mm-hmm. What we don't love so much 
are myths and stereotypes about gay sex that can be a little problematic mm -hmm. um, and sometimes just flat out not true. So it's a little mix of stuff we like, stuff we don't like. And so basically what we're going to be talking about today is essentially scissoring. All lesbian scissor and other gay sex myths. That's the title of this episode. And we're going to dive in deep. We are starting off the year with a sex positive episode. And I'm excited for this one because I actually don't know much about this particular topic. So I'm going to learn a lot in the next hour. Oh, I'm so <laughs> excited to talk to you too, because there are so many things that I had heard about when it came to scissoring and of course other gay sex myths as well. But especially with scissoring, which we will dive into as a high schooler, where it's just so funny to look back at now because, you know, the, the most simple thing is like we should be taught about different sex acts and with no shame. And we just want to be able to talk about this stuff openly because it's important. We're all learning. And most importantly, we're enjoying ourselves. Absolutely. And we're being safe. When you're educated, you're safe. And when you're safe, you can enjoy yourself. It's, it's like a great domino effect. Totally. So, Sarah, what do you know about scissoring? Just right off the bat, like without, without any like definitions or anything like that, when you think of all lesbian scissor, what goes on in your head? What, what do you think? I just picture like the, the actual act, like what it looks like. So, the so two like two sets of legs basically like of course i'm doing the motion on the screen that you guys can't see but persis is giving me a smile like two sets of legs intertwined <laughs> yes. and like essentially like grinding on each other yeah and you're right sarah's doing a really lovely lovely but yeah i kind of wish you guys could see it yeah it's kind of beautiful no that's exactly it like the act of scissoring is literally like when you and your partner or your partners, however many people are involved in this little situation, you're basically like lying on your sides or you don't have to be lying down, but I think this was like the easiest way to describe it off the bat. And you just intertwine your legs together and meet in the middle where your genitals are and you're rubbing, you're rubbing against each other, you're grinding. rub a dub And honestly, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. It can be amazing. Sometimes it might not be amazing, depends on the mood. But that's basically what the definition of scissoring is. But when I was younger, I really thought it was like, <laughs> this was like my young mind, but mm -hmm. I really thought like it was just two people sitting in an uncomfortable position, just like kind of going like this, like back and forth with their legs intertwined. Like I thought it was um, more aggressive, like banging against each other, not like right. rubbing. You thought it was like mashing together. Yeah. And why did you think that, Persis? That's how sex, I find, is, like, depicted in porn anyway, right? It's always, like, very quick. It's rushed. It's thrusting. It's penetration. So to me, I never really thought of sex as, like, something that could even be slower, like rubbing genitals together. I always thought sex had to involve some sort of penetration. And if I thought there weren't toys involved, what else are women going to do? That's what I thought. Exactly. And even aside from porn, like what we're taught in school and in movies, like just regular movies, is a depiction of sex that is very hetero and very male focused. It's the man in charge, dominating, yeah. on top. 
And so that motion is aggressive. It's, it is like a mashing mm-hmm. type of, it's not um, sensual. sensual, it's not slow. You know, your whole world, everything you're learning about it is, is a completely hetero version of it that we all know now is not realistic. It's not, it's not actually what happens. Yeah. And also women don't like it. If, if we're talking about like the hetero heterosex. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> anyway, I just think that I, I don't think scissoring was even in my like mind as I was learning about all this stuff, but there's no wonder you thought that's what it was. Oh, like in high school. Bashing yeah. together. Well, my friend and I, Alice, for any new listeners, Alice is someone we talk about on the podcast a lot. And a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And Alice was basically my sexual awakening when I was 15 years old. She was my best friend in high school. I was in love with her, straight up in love with her. But because um, we had a very close relationship, Alice and I would sometimes like pretend to be in the scissoring motion, but fully clothed. It would be like we were in high school and we would just like intertwine our legs together and almost like (laughs) Sarah's face right now. I, I'm continue. I'm continually surprised by the things you bring up that you and Alice used to do, and you were just friends, and it confuses <laughs> me so much. But we were also kind of making fun of the fact, like brushing it off, like so funny. Oh, like oh, we're scissoring. Oh, huh? interesting. Yeah. <gasps> and meanwhile, you were like, "But I really want to. I don't even know what it is, and I really want to do it." For sure. And I think like picture two teenage girls, like legs are intertwined, but we're not actually doing like the scissoring act. Like we're just, we're just like, oh, we're so close. And is this scissoring? Like, haha, we're scissoring right now. You know what I mean? We were like in high school. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I never did that with any of my friends, but yeah. (laughs) I also didn't make out with my friends, but yeah, that's besides the point. There was a lot I did with my friends, but yeah, once again, it was kind of how, like, I understand we didn't mean it in a malicious way, but we were, like, making fun of a sex act. And listen, not all lesbian scissor, or I should say, like, not all people in the queer community scissor. It is, it is just what you want it to be, right? Like, there's no definition of sex. Sex is whatever you want it to be. It's what makes you feel good and your partner feel good. But I don't know, even just knowing that that was something we would kind of find funny is also problematic to me. Yeah, no, for sure. And obviously, you know, you were kids, you didn't know any better. Um, and especially you as a young gay kid, and you, you didn't know you were gay yet. That's like something you would never have been able to consciously be aware of. Yeah. But... I think like the main thing that makes this whole scissoring myth problematic is that the misconception is that lesbians only scissor. Like that has been a misconception for so long that in a when when two women are having sex that's the only thing they can do and it's so funny because I don't know it's almost like looking saying but that a hetero couple they the only thing they can do is missionary. Yes. Exactly. It's, it's just like, weird. It's, it's like, why would you assume that? <laughs> yeah, it's just a position. But Scissoring people assume literally... it because of this whole, like, what we just talked about. Everyone's idea of sex is a hetero penetration type of thing. 
they're like, well, they must be like mashing their genitals together, right? Because like that's the only, that's what that's what it is. I'm talking like like a like a bro. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people don't when they think of sex, sex is more than penetration. There's so many different types of like sex, even including oral sex, right? And the way I define it is it's like what really makes you feel good? Because as a as someone who was also in my 20s, like figuring out what was real or what was real sex and what wasn't, I feel like, for example, after I'd hook up with a girl, sometimes I would question, did we have sex? Like, I don't really know. I think we did, but like, mm-hmm. was it sex? Because like, there wasn't always penetration involved. But then again, I thought there doesn't always have to be persis. Like, you don't. Not at all. Not at all. It doesn't have to be at all. Exactly. And I know you already kind of touched on this, but I, but I think it's interesting that even after you had already scissored, you still were like, I don't think I ever have based on what the media was portraying to you of what scissoring was. And then you realized what it was and you were like, oh my God, I've totally done that. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so for a long time, like I actually, even to this day, I was thinking about it. Have I scissored? Because to be honest, I wasn't really like thinking about the definition of it too much until we really started diving into this topic. And I was like reading more about scissoring and I was like, I have scissored for sure. And um, I, I also would say, I don't think I've really scissored, but I've definitely done some tripping or tribidism, I think is like another word for it. Explain, explain to the listeners what that is. I mean, it's, it's basically the same thing. I think scissoring is a form of it. So Tripping is when you rub your vulva on any body part of a partner, of another partner. So that could also be their vulva or it Mm -hmm. could be something else. It could literally be Mm -hmm. any part of the body and like that can feel really good for you. So I was definitely like, yeah, I've I've been tripping. But then later I was like, no, Chris, you've definitely scissored before. So I just thought it was funny how I like all this time – thought, oh yeah, lesbians don't scissor. Scissoring is not a thing. We don't do it. Yeah. Your girl has, and it's lovely. Some moments for sure, maybe it wasn't always the best, but when you're in a really good groove with someone and you're, it's the vibe is good, it can be really, really amazing. Yeah. And I think that there's a common thing, like within the queer community, like lesbians will say, scissoring's not a thing. Scissoring's not a thing. And I think the reason why they're saying that is because there's a lot of myths about scissoring itself. Yes. Like, it goes even deeper than just lesbians only scissor. There's a lot of myths about how you scissor and why. And I think that's why so many lesbians in particular are like, scissoring's not a thing. Let's get it out of the conversation. But in reality, it is a thing. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's bringing up tribbing is like the perfect way to kind of frame this. It's like, it's just a form of tribbing. And everyone has, I would imagine, has experienced tripping. Every person with a vulva has experienced tripping in some way. I have. And I'm, I'm sure most women have. And we'll get into this, but straight people can scissor too. Hetero couples totally. can scissor. Oh my God. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to dive into more of these myths for scissoring because some of them were actually like kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. But to be fair, I was also, you know, when I first learned about scissoring and we're all learning together, 
I'm not laughing at the fact that people think this. I think it's more just when you think about it later, it's funny how we feel everything has to have an answer and everything has to have such a definition and everything has to be a certain way. So this is just debunking this and trying to be like, listen, just do what feels good. (laughs) End of the day. Yes, exactly. So I talked about this a little bit earlier when I was kind of explaining like just the how to explain what scissoring is to someone. Um, But a lot of people think with scissoring, you have to be like lying down and your legs have to be intertwined. And like, that's a way you do it with your partner. Like you're rubbing up against each other while they kind of like stay put. Um, But like, you definitely don't have to do it that way. Like you could sit on your partner's lap. You can even rub against their thigh or straddle their torso, rub yourself against their chest. It's basically just like rubbing yourself in a way while your legs are like spread out and Mm -hmm. like grinding is (laughs) I was like like any form of like grinding with someone and you could be I'm like doing the motion which is so (laughs) you guys can't see it but she is she's grinding we're on a zoom call and she's grinding yeah (laughs) and I feel slightly uncomfortable (laughs) you don't have to be lying down it's any form of grinding and that's kind of exciting because, like, there's so many options. The sky's the limit with this position. The sky is the limit. <laughs> Another myth about scissoring is that there's no penetration involved. But the beauty of scissoring is that unlike the sometimes rushed idea of sex that ends up with typical thrusting like we talked about earlier, that's just like, bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That just came out of me. I think that was some, like, suppressed drama. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. That's scary. No, it's not enjoyable sometimes. You're like, let no, us- not at all. Yeah, and I think every hetero woman listening has felt that pain of being like, this is not fun. And probably queer women as well. Yeah. But when it comes to scissoring, like you can be scissoring and you can also be penetrated at the same time, whether it's a, another body part or a sex toy. Um, and like, once again, sky's the limit. And I just... It is funny that we put these boxes around like what we're supposed to do because anything goes like anything goes in the bedroom. And I think knowing that you have the option to like build in penetration to your scissoring position, it's like exciting. It's like you can try new things and see what you like. It totally. And also that like closeness of like the position with scissoring, like for example, if it is with you guys like lying down and like intertwined, like that builds so much intimacy already. Like it's such an intimate moment. Yeah, totally. It's very intimate. Intimata. Another myth is that you have to be naked when you're scissoring, completely naked, but you don't have to be. So scissoring actually opens up the possibility for dry humping, and that can be some real, real hot foreplay. Oof, baby. It's getting hot in here. I know. I'm feeling pretty hot. I'm wearing a beanie. a little spicy. Yeah. Um, totally. Another <laughs> – that's my response. Totally. Another myth about scissoring is that you don't need protection. But, guys, this is actually a little bit of a myth. Of course, if you're hooking up with a woman and STIs aren't a concern, as in you've both been tested, then this isn't so much of a concern. But you should never assume, essentially. So if you're using toys, you know, put a condom on the toy or dental dams when you're rubbing bulbas. 
Um, Because STIs can still be contracted from skin to skin contact, even without penetration. So just like think about whatever's happening in the moment. Be really open with your partner. Ask them when's the last time they've been tested. Is there anything you should know about? And vice versa. Just be very, very open because it's not going to ruin the mood. If anything, it's going to make the mood better. And if they do have an STI that you don't want to get, then the mood should be ruined because you don't want that. So um, yeah, just remember that. STIs can be contracted even if you're not penetrating someone. Exactly. Exactly. Just skin to skin contact. Always remember that. Um, another myth is that- Should we teach sex ed in like high school? Yes. We're a joint package. Like you can't just hire one of us to be the teacher. It's both of us or none of us. It wouldn't even say our names. It would be like girl on girl sex ed class. Well, yeah, we should like go around to schools and do like, remember how people would come to the school and do like a talk to the students? Yeah. We should do that. I totally agree. We should do that. Guys. I'm not even kidding. Guys, would you want us to come to your kid's school and talk about this stuff? Let us know. Send us a DM at Podcast on Instagram. Oh, this one was also like really fun to talk about. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't expect this, but a myth about scissoring is that it can only happen between two women. But guys, guys, remember, scissoring is a sex position and it can happen between any combination of genders. It can happen for people with penises and it can include penetration. It's literally when you're like intertwining your legs and your genitals touch. So y'all can do that with any human. Any human, no matter their gender, woman, man, non-binary. This is the cue for when Lady Gaga in Born This Way goes, um, for scissor- it should be for scissoring instead when she like names everyone in the community. Another myth about scissoring is that you don't need to use lube. Yeah, lube is a game changer. And I would highly recommend you guys follow um, someone on Instagram. Her handle is Sex with Emily, and she's a sex therapist and specialist. And she's just like, honestly, she's more of like a hetero sex account to like, if you're looking for like queer sex content, it might not be the most friendly place for you or the place where you'll find the most valuable information. But I just like how sex positive she is. And she talks about um, just a, a lot of th- a lot of things that I've personally um, found really helpful and felt really like seen. And but the thing with her that is like her number one thing is so funny. Like the one thing she preaches more than anything is lube. She's like, lube is the best thing on this planet. And Everyone needs a bottle on their bedside table. Every single person in the world. So she's like trying to start this like lube revolution. Anyway, just wanted to give her a little shout out because she's great. Um, shout out, Emily. Thanks, Em. Um, but lube can prevent chafing, um, which when you're rubbing your skin together, guys, it's going to cause redness, friction or discomfort, irritation, maybe even like a little bit of a rash like that. People have sensitive skin, especially around, especially vulvas. Like vulvas are really sensitive. And if there's too much skin irritation around your vulva, you can actually get UTIs and other types of infections. So use some lube. It can be more enjoyable and it can prevent any of that kind of like irritation that happens when it's just skin on skin. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there is like a stigma when people feel like, oh, I need to use lube, but it's not like that. You know, I, it has nothing to do with the other person and like why you need to use lube. If anything, it just makes everything so much more enjoyable and easier and it's nice. You need that like. Yeah. 
wetness. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I mean, it probably became a stigma, something to do with heterosex, something about men not wanting to use it or something. You know what I mean? Like, it probably along the way became some sort of stigma in that way. But it is probably going to make your scissoring experience better. Exactly. And another myth is that there is only one way to scissor. No, there isn't, guys. The delivery of that. One way to scissor. One way to. We should, like, you know how Rue, Paul, always puts out music? <laughs> yes. And, I, and I, I love it all. We should start just, like, putting out music. Okay. Only one way to scissor. Uh, uh. Debunked. Only one way to scissor. Uh, uh. Debunked. Only one way to scissor. Uh, uh. But Debunked. there's not one way to scissor. Scissor any way you want. Any way you gotta. Do what feels good. Cause you gotta do it. Get that lube. Be safe sex. <laughs> uh, doesn't have and to you be don't any be gender. a woman. Oh, just do what you gotta do and make sure it feels good. Uh. We're still in the writing process, but there's only one way to scissor is going to be coming out in 2022. Probably yes. spring. Yeah, spring, maybe summer, fall. Like, it just depends on how we're feeling. But if you guys like it, let us know. <laughs> also, i just like to point out, in case anyone missed it, one of the lyrics that I just put in there was, be safe sex, which I think is actually kind of a beautiful message. Embody it. Yeah. You be know? it. Be it. Be the change. Don't just have it. Be safe sex. That's right. That's right. We're geniuses. Wow. That got deep. That got honestly got really deep. Okay, Purse, I totally interrupted you. What is this last myth about scissoring? I'll take it away from here. Thank you very much. Okay. 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 Sounds good. So, guys, I've said this. Let scissoring be whatever it means to you. Like any sex act, scissoring doesn't need to be defined. It's not a black and white item that you just check off your to do list. <laughs> Literally, it's um can feel and look however you want it to. So forget any expectations that you think people have of scissoring or even what your partner thinks of it. As long as like you guys are having fun um, and enjoying the experience, that's all that matters. You can scissor on the bed. You can scissor on the roof. You can scissor in the bathroom. Oh, on the roof. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, guys, go on the roof, but just make sure you're safe up there. You don't roll off by accident. Yeah, don't roll off. Please don't. We're not responsible if you roll off the roll off the roof. Yeah, girl and girl is not responsible. I just have to throw that in. Our our legal team, um, <laughs> they're over there in the corner, and they just we're like, guys, don't. Yeah. Don't forget disclaimers. Disclaimers are important, guys. Disclaimer, disclaimer. So we just did a lot of talk about scissoring. Honestly, it's like a big topic in the queer community and the lesbian community in particular, and we just haven't like talked about it in particular yet. So that's scissoring, but there are so many other queer sex myths and stereotypes that can be really problematic. One of the main reasons why a lot of these myths are problematic, in my opinion, just learning from this podcast and watching you explore your sexuality, is that it tells queer people what they're what they should want or what they should like or what they should do and when you're discovering your sexuality for the first time it's really confusing whether you're straight or queer so you don't know what you like but 
queer people more than anyone are being told what they should like. And so it stop it might stop you from exploring or it might make you do things that you don't actually like. And to me that feels like one of the more problematic parts of these myths is that it can really pressure make queer people feel pressured like they need to do know or like certain things about sex that they might not want to do. Yeah. Oh my God. A hundred percent. And because it has these like definitions a lot of the times, you really hit the nail with that. It's like, you don't have to, you, you don't have to like what society is telling you to like, whether you identify as straight, as, as a, as gay, as a lesbian, as bi, as pan, anything. That's why I'm like, to me, I'm so, I'm so clear about the fact that sex is what feels good to you and your body yeah. and your partner. And your partner. Totally. And for example, like this first myth that we have that we wanted to talk about was that all gay men like anal sex. Mm-hmm. And of course it's not true. There's a bajillion gay men on this planet. They're all different. They all have different preferences. Some of them are not going to like it. Some are. And so like... It's just kind of obvious, but it's a huge stereotype, and I I just wonder how many gay men out there don't enjoy that and maybe feel – maybe as they were exploring their sexuality or even maybe now are feeling pressured like they need to, and there are just so many ways that you can enjoy sex without that. Agreed. I know it almost seems so obvious because I agree. When I – when I thought of gay sex myths and I thought all gay men like anal sex, of course, in my head right away, I was like, of course, not all gay men do. But I wouldn't be surprised if some people would be like, well, what do you mean? Like, what else do they do? Yeah, no, for sure. And once again, we just want to be really clear. Like, we're not saying if if you're that person being like, what do you mean? What else do they do? This is not a bad thing. We totally hear you. Media, society and I don't know. Sitcoms have told you that that's how gay men have sex. And so, you know, welcome to Girl on Girl podcast. We're here to tell you that that doesn't have to be the case at all. And so you can learn it today for the first time. And it's totally fine if you thought before that it wouldn't be possible for a gay man not to like anal sex. Yeah, exactly. And maybe this is a good I this is a good opportunity to bring up why communication is so important in the bedroom when you're with Preach, someone. Girl. Yeah, it's true. Everyone's so different. And I feel like when you're entering a new situation, especially when it's someone new, let's smash that stigma that you can't talk about what you like or what you prefer. I think it's actually sexier when you do. And Oh, for sure. Never assume also. I think you should never assume what your partner is going to like. Just ask them. And yes, we're really big on consent here at Girl on Girl Podcast. Very. But ask. Be like, can I do this to you? Would you like if I did this to you? Or can, or even say, can you do this to me? Because I really like this. Once you get to know your body more, um, we can start to get rid of these myths and assumptions that all gay men like anal sex. So no worries, got to cover it. I know what I'm doing. Or some others that we're going to get into. But yeah, totally. Communication is key and communication is fun. It's not a, it's not a chore. It's actually really fun to explore, to explore another human and it makes the whole relationship better yep amen so, my friend girl um another myth is that you shouldn't have sex on your period y'all y 
don't know this ain't true. You all know this is not true. You absolutely can, and you can do it safely. But just remember, don't have sex with a tampon in. It's it's risky. It could lead to infections. Just make sure that's out of there. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I would say if you can, make sure it's out of there. <laughs> I agree. I think that um, you you may think because you're going to be like, obviously, it's going to be less messy and I can still be having sex while I have a tampon in. But tampons specifically, I would say are no bueno. I think if you're worried about a mess on your sheets, because if you take the tampon out and you're having sex, there's probably going to be some blood on the sheets. But put a towel down. Put a towel down or you can use um, uh, your Diva cup. It all depends on what type of sex you're, you're having. Um, but yeah, totally. Diva cups are great. They're, it's medical grade silicone, so it won't cause infection. That's why I love it so much. But yeah, if you are planning on any sort of penetration, I would say just like t- just maybe let it free flow. Once again, I am not a doctor, but I don't know. For some reason, my heart is just like, guys, let it flow. You know, just let it flow. That's okay, too. Yeah, that's fine. And plus, like you said, if you don't want to have a mess on your sheets, just put a towel down. You'll be fine. And also, a lot of um, women or um, people who are assigned female at birth actually feel sexier on their period. Um, So it's actually a great time kind of like emotionally to have um, to have sex. So keep that in mind too. And listen to your body as your cycle, as you kind of navigate your cycle every month and see how you're feeling during that time. Listen, I don't always feel the sexiest when when I'm on my period, like straight up, my body feels very bloated. Um, same. I'm honestly not horny at all. I know some people who get very horny on their periods. And if anything, I'm more like, I'm not feeling don't like touch sexy. Me. <laughs> I would love to be cuddled, like cuddle me. I want to be hugged yeah. and but I'd want like cuddles on the couch. And movie and pizza. I wouldn't be opposed, for example, to having sex with a woman who was on her period. I think just for me, I'm more like maybe <laughs> don't come near me, just hug me. See, everyone's different. That's all we're trying to say is don't rule anything out because everyone's different. Um, this is my favorite one because I, I laugh and I laugh and I laugh. I laugh forever. Lesbian sex isn't real sex. Um, oh man! We mentioned this, but it's probably because your automatic thought when it comes to sex is penetration, and you can pen you can still have penetration. It's a form of sex when you're having sex with another woman. Of course, you can. You can use your fingers. You can use a toy. You can use anything you want. It's not my business what you're doing in the bedroom, unless none I'm of involved. our business. That girl on girl, just you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe that lube is important in some scenarios. Exactly. So listen, sex is sex is sex is sex. Lesbian sex is sex. And we all can just be happy. <laughs> I start crying. Can we just all be happy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I honestly like don't even know what else to elaborate on with that. It's just but it's a really important point to make. Because, I mean, that's the thing. People can acknowledge lesbian sex, but they still don't think it's real sex. I think, like, emphasis on the keyword, real. Real. And even like you said, there were many times where you were like, well, was that sex after you had had an experience with a woman? You questioned yourself because you were like, well, 
There wasn't penetration. Penetration, man. Yeah. What a what a word. I know. Or even if there was in some way, I still always thought like sex had to be associated with a man, a man entering a woman. Right, right, right. Yeah. And you had some internalized phobia that was clearly kind of like guiding you in that feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. We all take a deep I think we all need to collectively take a deep breath at this moment. I really did. We girl both and girl did. crew. Breathe in. Breathe out. And another myth that we wanted to touch on, just because it's really funny, is that all lesbians have to have short nails, or if you have short nails, fingernails, then you're a lesbian. Um I kind of love the stereotype. I think it's really, I think it's not love. Sorry. That's the wrong word. I just think it's funny. I agree. And I used to kind of think that too. I remember I'd always want to be in a scenario if I was like, oh, if, if how to spot a lesbian, just look at her nails. I have had sex with women who had longer nails, like literally fake nails. Yeah. And it's fine. Like it's, there's always this thing about saying like, oh, that would hurt a lot or you know, it needs to be short for that reason, but it doesn't. Like, if it's like a curved nail, like, y- you can work around it where it's not like poking you. You know what I mean? And yeah. Anyway, I just yeah. wanted to say you don't have to have short nails. Yeah, girl. Yeah. And once again, don't knock it till you try it. Just give it a try. <laughs> there is something really funny, though, and I've almost been like tempted to get this done to my nails is um, getting, I, for the record, guys, I actually usually, I never get fake nails or um, I've gotten, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on the term? Acrylic? Not acrylic. What's the other one? Um, shellac? Yes. I've gotten shellac nails before and I kept them short, but I rarely do. If anything, I keep my nails short and I just paint them whenever I, I'm feeling like I want feeling to. Feeling frisky. But... Demi Lovato did this once in a TikTok and I thought it was really funny. They said how to know if they're a lesbian and they had their index and their middle finger (laughs) totally bare and then the rest of their nails were like long. And I was like, you know what? Go for it. I think that's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. See, I like when queer people poke fun at the stereotypes in their own way and also kind of own it Um, because maybe it is easier for you to have short nails. That's There's nothing wrong with that either. You also... We should clarify, you can have these stereotypes. Like, it's not bad to be a part of this stereotype. If you are a lesbian with short nails, for example, or if you're a gay man who loves anal sex, that's great too. It's okay to, to like, be the stereotype as well as to not be the stereotype. Yes, all of this is okay. We're just saying that it doesn't have to be this way. Guys, it doesn't have to be this way. And I think just, like, that's the whole... That's the bow we want to put on top of this topic and this conversation today is open communication, open to exploration. That kind of rhymed. And safe, consensual sex. Wow, Sarah Johnson. I know. Sometimes I surprise myself. I love it when you talk about scissoring and gay sex myths to me like that do you really yeah i'll talk about it more if you want me to yeah please do 
I did feel like I learned a little bit, like uh, learned learned a little bit, but but not like stuff that is obvious, but maybe stuff that I that I hadn't thought about specifically for scissoring. Like, oh yeah, you oh yeah, you don't have to be laying down. Oh, I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because while we were talking about this, I kept thinking of the movie Blue is the Warmest Color, which if you guys haven't seen it yet, it is a it's a love story between two women, but it's a bit of a controversial movie. And it has a lot like very intense sex scenes between the two women. And I was curious if you had a suggestion for a movie that might depict scissoring or lesbian sex in a healthy, positive, realistic way mm-hmm. that wasn't that was maybe was porn or wasn't porn, like whatever. Um, but I don't know. I could imagine if I was listening to this and I um, was thinking about trying scissoring for the first time, um, especially if I was queer with my partner, um, I would kind of want to see it in action. Just just see some real examples of it, not the not the bullshit stereotypical version. I think that is a that is a very excellent excellent question. Okay, so blue is the warmest color. Definitely had a lot of controversy around it, especially with how we know how the actors really felt about the scenes from the director. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend that movie. The only other movie I can maybe think of, and I might, the community might get mad at me for this, but (laughs) Sarah Sarah and I definitely want to talk about this movie in another episode, but Below Her Mouth. Yes, which is a movie I haven't seen yet, but we really, Persis wants me to watch it and we want to talk about it on an upcoming episode. Yeah, we'll talk about this more. I'm let's take the storyline out of it. I'm just thinking that I find that the sex scenes that were shown in the movie, there is a lot of sex. It's almost like think blue is the warmest color-esque, but I could be very wrong, but I actually do think that the two women in the movie were very comfortable with how everything was portrayed, and I believe that Below Her Mouth was directed by a woman. The director of Below Her Mouth is a Canadian Canadian actor and filmmaker. Her name is April Mullen. And they show a lot of positions. I find that the reason why I'm giving Below Her Mouth a shout out is because there's a lot of sex. And I think you can learn a lot about the different positions that these two women can do and really enjoy each other in it. Mm -hmm. But another movie um, that I thought that actually did show a lot of, like they really showed a sex scene was Ammonite. Oh, I haven't seen that. With Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet. And apparently the two of them actually really choreographed the sex scenes. What? Really? Yes. Like, I think they were given full reins to do it. And I felt like the movie didn't shy away from really showing sex. Um, question. I don't believe either of them are openly queer, Saoirse Ronan or Kate Winslet. Not we to know my if- knowledge. I really wish that they would have chosen queer actors for this, but I just think it's really interesting that non-queer actors choreographed a queer sex scene and do, and you felt it was realistic? Yes. I was watching it. Wow. And was to my, I was literally shook and I was talking to a friend really? who later told me that um, they were kind of given that control of what to do and they were just going off of the feeling. They were really feeling the characters. Right, right. And it was very well done because 
I wanted to say, I really wanted to say Portrait of a Lady on Fire because that's one of my favorite movies. I haven't watched it in a while. But Sarah, you've seen that movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't see a lot of sex. I think we'd see a lot of kissing and then we'd kind of see the next day of them laying in bed together and maybe being intimate. No, yeah, it's not a sex-heavy movie at all. It's just a break-my-heart heavy movie into 10,000 pieces and then put it back together again. Oh, it's emotional and it's so beautiful. But I'm thinking if you're if you're curious about sex, I would recommend watching Below Her Mouth and Ammonite. Both very different movies. Great. Okay, that's so exciting. Those are great answers. I was hoping there would be more than just blue is the warmest color. Because, and you know, blue is the warmest color might in some ways be accurate in terms of the depiction and some ways not. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a queer woman, but there were moments when I actually felt maybe this was a weird sense, but I almost felt a little uncomfortable sometimes watching blue is the warmest color. Yeah, it definitely you definitely watching it can tell something is weird. Something's off. Or or some or it doesn't feel safe. Totally, totally. There was something about it where. I was watching it, too, you know, as a. At the time, I identified as bi when I was watching it, but definitely someone who was very interested in women. And I felt a little bit uncomfortable watching some of the scenes. But for example, blow her mouth is a lot of sex. And I was sitting there like sipping my tea. The time of your life. Yeah. I was like, yeah, (laughs) this is this is accurate and this is nice. And they both seem comfortable. So that's all that matters to me. Amazing. Okay, go check out those movies if you guys want to get a more accurate depiction of what um women loving women loving women sex might be like might look like and might feel like and uh also you know those are both love stories as well uh which is so you have you get a bit of both i think that's why i asked about like movies more than porn i think a lot of times lesbian sex can be really misinterpreted in porn in a dangerous way as well so um, oh my god full disclosure guys (laughs) Can someone let me know? Because I'm not really a big porn watcher anyway, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But when I've tried to look up lesbian porn, I'm not seeing anything good. Like, am I looking in the wrong places? Because And I've watched it and I'm so – I'm like, this ain't it. Guys, what what is Purse doing wrong? Tell us. Where should she look? We're going to get a lot of weird dams after this. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't open that door, but I'm actually curious. Like, No, but maybe we should just in case people have legitimate – Recos. Yeah. All right, guys, let us know. Send us an email. Send us a DM. And if you guys have any questions about scissoring or gay sex, let us know or talk to your doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought you were going to say talk to your therapist. Or talk, or talk to your therapist. Yeah. Or talk to your friends. Talk to your queer community. Just talk about it. That's what we're trying to do. And listen, like, I'm not going to lie. I am not cozy cozy comfy talking about sex on a podcast it's definitely out of my comfort zone it definitely feels a little weird but I am putting all that aside because I just feel so strongly that sex should be a very open conversation especially queer sex because so often it's like put off to the side or tucked under the rug um or swept under the rug and uh kept in the closet And I think especially as a straight person, if there's any straight people listening, people who identify as straight, 
it's okay to feel a little uncomfortable if there's a topic that you're just that isn't totally in your comfort zone but push yourself to have the conversation because it's only going to make you more educated open warm and ready to explore your own sex life okay purse i had a lot of fun talking about this with you me too. We, I'm really glad we talked about this. I feel like there's things we learn. We learn a lot like every day, but I love how we can be like super open with each other about this stuff. Me too. And I hope that you guys got some genuine, uh, something out of this genuinely. <laughs> and it wasn't just us rambling for an hour and a half. Yeah. No, I hope. I No. You know what, guys? Let us know what you thought about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I love this topic. And we love you guys. And get out there. Be safe. Have fun. And let us know how it goes. <laughs> you let us know what? How, how what? Having sex goes? Yes. All of their adventures they're about to have. That's true. They're, all the listeners are about to have all the ventures in the world. So let us know. I kind of hope that, like, at least one listener, like, Im- after immediately after listening to this, like, goes in scissors like it inspires them and they just go and do it you know what maybe maybe we will too (laughs) us yeah versus not together we don't have that kind of relationship i meant separately but with who olivia stop (laughs) no you girl i'm just saying the only person here the only living thing here is Olivia, my cat, and she's so cute. She's just staring at me. That's true. Hello, Missy Moo. I don't have any options as I am right now at home in Whitby, Ontario, everybody, for the holidays. And you're alone. I'm very alone in my room right now. Yeah. So next time, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll report back. Yeah, we'll report back a few episodes from now and keep you guys posted, you know? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm sorry. And happy new year, everyone. We hope you have some great resolutions. We hope you are safe and healthy and staying away from Miss Omicron. Um, And we love you so much. And we can't wait to do this thing this year and keep podcasting for you guys every single week because we love you. We love you. And Sarah and I never really say this, but please give us a rate. Give us some feedback on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Oh, we never say this. We are so humble. Yeah, we're so we're humble. so humble and selfless. And we never tell you guys to shower us with affection and love. Go to, yeah, go to Apple Podcasts, shoot us a five-star rating, and leave a little review and let, let everyone know why you like the podcast. We would be so grateful um, because it would help a lot with more people being able to listen and learn with us. And if you're on Spotify, follow us so that you always know when a new episode is coming out. Um, and follow us on Instagram because we're always on there doing some chaotic stuff. Truly chaotic. But it's fun. We, we live for it. We're here for it. We really are. We're here for we really chaotic do. energy. <laughs> always. That's literally my energy. All right, lovely listeners, it is that time of the episode for our In Case You Missed It segment. This, if you are tuning in for the first time, is something we do at the end of every single episode, and it's just a little moment for us to talk about 
a exciting or interesting or upsetting <laughs> moment um, in queer culture. And so whether it's a piece of news or a new movie or a new album uh, from a queer artist or whatever it is, anything we're excited about that week or that we're really kind of like raging about, <laughs> we, we, want to, we want to yell for, uh, for two minutes straight, um, we talk about it on In Case You Missed It. This one that we're going to talk about today has my spidey senses tingling. Ooh, does it now? I'm the first Spider Woman. Has there ever been a Spider Woman? There is a Spider Woman in the animated series, I think. Oh, the, like, Into the Spider-Verse or whatever? Uh, yeah, I think thing? so. Okay, so I'm not the first. I'm not the first, but I'm carrying on a legacy. Yes, exactly. I'm not just going to be your Mary Jane. No, I have... Or you listen. We love Zendaya, but I'm not just going to be your Zendaya. I have, I am, I have, <laughs> I have powers in me. Okay. You know what? Okay, before we get into what we're talking about, because clearly, guys, if we haven't made it very obvious, we're definitely <laughs> going to be talking about Spider-Man: No Way Home and some interesting queer news. But I really need to know. I really need to ask you, Sarah. Okay. Zendaya or Kirsten Dunst? Oh, Zendaya. <laughs> I wish you could have seen Peace Face. You just saw the light. A, a spirit just entered your body. Do you agree with me? No. What? Also, why is Emma Stone not included in this conversation? She's Gwen Stacy. She's not Mary Jane. I'm talking about Mary Jane. Those are those, those are different people. <laughs> yes, they're different people. Oh, I did. I thought they were the same character. <laughs> no. Okay, so Emma Stone gets to like exist on her own because I really love her. There. So Emma Stone played Gwen Stacy, and then there's another actor who played Gwen Stacy. What was her name? Oh yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard played the other Gwen Stacy. Oh, I like her too. But why Kirsten Dunst over Zendaya? Tell me why. Okay, guys, it's not a secret. Zendaya has my whole heart. I love Zendaya. I think she's beautiful. And I mean, clearly she doesn't. If, okay, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But to me, Kirsten Dunst is just nostalgic for me. She, I had such a crush on her when I was like a nine-year-old watching Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 1 when I was younger. She just, she's just Mary Jane to me. Like, she's Mary Jane. You can't. She was like the OG. Have you seen Spider-Man No Way Home? Whoa, Sarah's about to come for me. Her face is getting red and she's about to. I, my face is always red, first of all. Okay, I'm sorry. That's literally my skin tone. Second of all, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it's amazing. I haven't seen it yet. So I don't know if Zendaya is good in this role or not. But I just figured, I don't know. It's your girl. And she's the first BIPOC Mary Jane. And she's incredible. And she's so cool. And Kirsten Dunst is great. But listen, honestly, I'm not, you know what? I sound like I'm mad, but I'm not even mad. You can like Kirsten Dunst. I'm not mad if you like Kirsten Dunst. No, here's my thing. I actually have like a sad face on. No, I actually love the fact that, you know, we have a BIPOC character being represented as MJ. I love that. And I love Zendaya. There's no hate to Zendaya. But I'm just such an OG girl in Spider-Man. I loved it so much when I was a kid. 
and I really loved Kirsten Dunst as a kid. So she just mm. makes me feel nostalgic. That's why I think like, yeah, that's MJ, true. When you, when I think of Mary Jane, I'm sorry, Zendaya, but I think of Kirsten Dunst. I'm sorry. Also, you liked like the virgin suicides and stuff. Like you were into like Kirsten Dunst as a kid. You had definitely had a huge crush on her. Oh, I, I admitted that, Sarah. You don't have to be all jealous. I'm not jealous. I'm just getting all red and flushed and angry. Anyway, just had to ask you. Anyway, Purse, I don't want to fight with you anymore, but I do want to know why you brought up Spider-Man and why the scissor in case you missed it. And I'm just, I'm really excited to hear it. Okay, so yeah, this is really exciting for me too to read about this. But in Spider-Man No Way Home, which does feature our girl Zendaya, um, Marissa Tomai revealed that she actually wanted her character, Aunt May, to be in a lesbian relationship. And she opened up about her role in an interview with Geeks of Color just on December 19th. So this is very recent. She said, there was a moment where I felt that May, maybe she should just be with a woman because Ben is gone. And who would she be with? And Marissa later explained that she actually wanted Amy Pascal who's one of the producers of Spider-Man No Way Home to play her lover in the movie. And Marissa was in fact like so keen for it to happen that she suggested making it a totally unofficial plot line. She said, I was like, no one even has to know it's Amy. I'll just be in a scene and you'll be over there and I'll just be like, hey, it'll be a subtle thing. Um, But obviously despite her enthusiasm for it, her dreams for the character of Anne May didn't come true. And Sarah, we've actually talked about um, Marvel in um, another In Case You Missed It and the lack of LGBTQ plus representation. Yeah. Um, But Sony actually announced that that they're looking into introducing a bisexual Spider-Man in an upcoming movie. It's exciting. Very exciting. So it looks like they're going to be developing a live action film of Into the Spider-Verse where they're should be a bisexual Spider-Man and they're hoping it's going to be Andrew Garfield. We'll have a boyfriend. Oh man. I just love Andrew Garfield. Just, you know, he holds a place in my heart. Like he holds a little corner of my heart in his hands. He's so your type. We've talked about this. Oh, he's definitely my type. And if he had a boyfriend in the next Spider-Verse, he would like half of my heart. He would have half my heart. I think that would be really, really awesome. And back in 2013, Andrew actually expressed um, a desire for Spider-Man to be into boys. And he had an actor in mind, which was actually going to be Michael B. Jordan. Oh my God, Perez. I can't even, I can't even handle that. And that I would really, be incredible. It would be. And I honestly really liked what Andrew said because I find like I've had these thoughts about characters as well and like develop developing, you know, more of these storylines. And Andrew said, like, why can't we discover that Peter is exploring his sexuality? It's hardly even groundbreaking. So why can't he be gay? He said before adding, I've been obsessed with Michael B. Jordan since The Wire. He's so charismatic and talented. And he continued to say that the pairing would be even better because we'd have interracial bisexuality, which would be very good. I really hope this happens. This this is this is exciting. The Andrew Garfield, I mean, Marissa Tamai thing was already exciting, but you just you just added so many layers to this in case you missed it. I'm like, I feel like there's 
like fireworks shooting out of my heart. Honestly, me too. And I think that would be so cool to like have Peter discovering his sexuality and maybe being like, I'm into this guy. How cool would that yeah. be? Yeah. I think the coolest thing about it is that it's not that they're introducing a brand new character who's bisexual. It's that they're taking a character we all already know and love and who we assumed was straight because he had Gwen Stefani. (laughs) (laughs) And, And acknowledging the fact that he can still explore his sexuality with other genders and it's totally normal. I love that. You know what I mean? It's not like... Spider-Man is straight, but we brought in a a bi character. It's like, no, everyone's sexuality evolves, including Spider-Man's. Yeah, I agree. I love that. But let's hope it happens. It seems like that's maybe in the works. So Sarah and I are putting the girl-on-girl energy into Sony. Into Yeah, we're injecting it into Sony's veins. I hope they listen to the pod, Sony executives. (laughs) And Sony executives – We'd just like to formally say we don't appreciate you just brushing Marissa aside in her um, suggestion to have Aunt May be in a queer relationship, okay? We don't appreciate it. We think you could have easily done that and it would have been great for everyone and it's what the actor wanted and she's an icon and a legend. So we just want to let you know because we know you're listening. Exactly. So we're really glad that we made that very loud and clear. Clear as glass. As glass (laughs) shards in my heart that that didn't happen exactly my heart is breaking and it's bleeding it's a bleeding heart over here but andrew garfield is going to mend it back together and michael b jordan is going to just pump it up again yeah exactly damn pump it louder pump it it louder louder. i was watching the video today of fergie when she was performing fergalicious and was just not thriving and couldn't get a single word right. Do you think – what was happening with that performance? I felt so bad for her because it was very – it was very off. It wasn't like she, like, like you know, messed up a couple words. Like, right when she started, it was like, ooh, no, no. It is kind of hard, though, isn't it? Are you kidding? I could, I could recite that entire part for you right now. Do it. But what I think you should do instead is you should put in the clip that we're talking about. Okay. So that everyone can know. If you guys haven't seen this clip of Fergie totally messing up Fergalicious, drop it in. It's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Okay, Sarah, now your turn. Um, hit it, hit it, hit it, Fergie. I'll just move the round. I was over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hit it, hit it, hit it, Fergie. I'll just move this round. I was trying to get me down. I was looking at me up and down, looking at my, huh. I'm going to say this. <laughs> Here you are, dragging Fergie underneath Her the sister. ground. Okay. And I put you on the spot listen, and you can't do it. I talked myself up. Listen, you know what? I'll admit it. I talked myself up a bit too much there. You know, I'm really embarrassed. If the song was on, I might be able to do it. What about the lyrics? Pull up the lyrics. Oh, if the lyrics were up, I could do it. Yeah, poor Fergie didn't get that. But, is, but isn't that cheating? 
<laughs> All the time I turned around, brothers gathered around. I was looking at me up and down, looking at my... Uh, I just want to say it now. I ain't trying to run up down my little mama. I don't want to take a man. I know I'm coming off just a little bit conceited and I keep on repeating how the boys want to eat it, but I'm trying to tell that I can't be treated like clientele because they say she delicious. Oh, delicious, but... I am promiscuous, and if you are suspicious, oh, that shit is fictitious. I blow kisses. Okay, (laughs) I gotta say, guys, I listen. Listen, Fergie, I'm here for you. I know it was that would be really hard. It would honestly just doing it with the lyrics that was really hard. So I, I take back what I said, Fergie. We're sorry. This (laughs) we're sorry. This is a long time ago, right? Yeah, I think so. Probably when I think she's over it. I feel like she laughs at it now. She's like, whoops. Fergie, we love you. And listeners, we love you. And Persis, I love you. And Zendaya, I love you. Kirsten, I love you. Andrew Garfield, Michael B. Jordan, Marissa Tamai, we love you. It's a very uh, heavy (laughs) in case you missed it. Lots of people we need to thank. Yeah, this in case you missed it has lasted for a while. But I feel like you guys love it. You want it. It's a new year. You're ready for it. All right, guys, hit us up. Let us know what you want us to talk about next. <laughs> yeah, please. We're desperate for topics. We need new topics. Actually, we have some topics that we haven't gone through yet that we want to, but yeah. Come say hi. Yeah, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be strangers. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> do, 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 do. Raquel's oh, disappointing me left, right, and center. Stop <laughs>